What is up, Fathom fam? Uh, we've had online ministry for a while, but uh, we're all a part of the online campus here for the coming weeks. And uh, I just want you to know that my family and uh, our leadership team at the church are just thinking of you and praying for you. And, and I'm just really proud of our leadership team, all they've done to just uh, pivot. Uh, at the beginning of this year, the first message I ever preached of 2020 uh, was a, a message called Pivot, that God was going to do a pivot in our church as we move into uh, year seven of ministry. I never thought we'd all be pivoting to online ministry for the foreseeable future, but here we are, so uh, we might as well just embrace it and, and see what God wants to teach us, and, and, and I think of all things, we know that God's going to, He's going to keep us, and He's going to sustain each one of us, and so I uh, hope you will dive into all the resources and, and just opportunities to connect uh, in the coming weeks, uh, and we're just going to embrace this, Fathom fam. We're in this together. Uh, I, I think we've always said, welcome home, right? I think that means something a little bit different this time when we say welcome home because you're already home. So uh, we're going to be diving into the, the scriptures, and we're starting a new series called Church in the Wild. Some of you will remember we've been using this hashtag, Church in the Wild, for a while, um, for the past couple of years. So maybe you want to use that on social media this morning. Uh, maybe you want to share uh, any of these online messages uh, that you will see in the coming weeks. We're going to be in the same time, same place every weekend uh, where you can lean in, sit down with your family, uh, teach your kids, invite a friend, uh, share the post. And we're just going to embrace this season because I believe that God's going to use it to teach teach us, and to grow his kingdom uh, in ways that really we never thought we would uh, have an opportunity to, but here we are. And so uh, let's embrace it. Kicking off a new series today called Church in the Wild. And uh, I don't know if your house looks like mine does, but all my kids are, are home and out of school, and uh, we're trying to uh, adapt to this new way of life. And uh, let me tell you, my living room looks a little wild right now. Their bedrooms look a little wild. And we're just going to embrace the season and really get what God has for us in the season. Uh, to kick off this series, I want to go to Matthew chapter 9. And it, it's a text which it may be a little bit peculiar to go to, but it's the one that the Lord led me to to, to start this series um, so Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, you can use uh, the Bible uh, app right there. You can even see the message notes right at, uh, on your online experience if you'd like to and, and filter through those. Always reach out for prayer and connect with us uh, online as we go. Let's read together Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Uh, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, I have a few things in my heart from this text that the Lord, uh, I believe, wants to, to, to speak to, to each one of us today. And the first thing I, I believe is uh, in this season in which uh, we're all trying to hold it together. You know, dad's out there trying to hold it together financially and act like you're not sweating it. You know, uh, ladies out there trying to hold your emotions together in this season. Uh, all, you know, business leaders out there trying to hold your businesses together, hold your coworkers and employees together. The first thing I believe that God wants you to hear this morning is that Jesus holds us together. Jesus holds us together as the church. Our, it's not our programs. It's not our services. We may even think it's our building that holds us together. But from day one until this day and, and every day until he returns, 
It's Jesus that holds us together. The place in which we can find unity and fellowship and as brothers and sisters, honestly, as much as we're going to miss uh, hugging necks and shaking hands and as much as that means to us to be able to gather in one place. And, and frankly, it means a lot to the Lord. I mean, in the scriptures, it tells us don't forsake the gathering of the believer. So we're not forsaking it. It just looks different in this season. And I want to make sure you know, deep in the heart of who we are and, and who we are as a church, it's not held together by a charismatic leader. It's not held together by nice facilities or programs or anything else. It's held together by Jesus. Uh, and, and so if you find yourself trying to hold all the pieces together, trying to hold your family together in this time, trying to hold the finances together, I just want you to take a deep breath and know that we as a church, your family, is going to be held together by Jesus. That's where we're going to find our hope. That's where we're going to find our unity as a church. Uh, and that's where we're going to find our strength. Uh, our fellowship and our unity and our strength will be found at the foot of the cross. I want to say that again. Our greatest unity and our greatest strength is going to be found at the foot of of the cross. And so if we'll all go there, if we'll all just go and rely on Jesus in this season, then he's going to hold everything together. I, I want to flip over to a passage in Colossians uh, for just a, a moment. Colossians chapter 1 uh, verse 15 through 20 says this, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things on heaven and earth, visible and invisible. And whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's the, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. He's the head and we're the body. He's the true vine. We're the branches. And if we'll just stay connected to him and we'll find ourselves at the foot of the cross, then we're going to be all right, church. We're going to be in this thing uh, together. And so I just want to remind you that he's holding everything together. Second thing I want to tell you this morning and encourage you from this text is that Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. Not where your neighbor's at, not what they're going through, not where people in Italy, where they're at. He wants to meet you where you're at. The scripture tells us uh, that Jesus was going into every town and village. And if I can just kind of do my thing with it this morning, Jesus is going into every living room. He's going into every neighborhood. He's going into every street. And he wants to meet you where you're at in your kitchen or in your bedroom, wherever you're watching this, on whatever device you're watching this. He wants to, to meet with you. And, and in this season, wherever you're at, just, just come as you are. Come honestly. And I believe what we see in the scriptures is what Jesus wants, where he wants to meet us. He wants to meet us to teach us, first of all. He was going into every town and village with a purpose to teach people. And, you know, God's not surprised by this. I don't believe that God caused this to happen. He's obviously allowing it to happen because he's sovereign. And that's difficult for our brains to comprehend how God allows these things to happen. But what I do know as believers and as sons and daughters that we can, we can learn through this season that Jesus wants to teach us. I, I believe that the scriptures teach us that in temporary trials, God wants to teach us some eternal truths. I truly believe that there's some parents watching this, there's some single adults, there's some teenagers watching this, there's some eight-year-olds watching this, that your life's never going to be changed, like, it's never going to be the same. Our world, I mean, I, I think back to the way 9-11 was, our world was never the same. And this is that type of crisis in our country where, man, life's just not the same from there on out, and, and we're, we're living in that type of time. 
And so I, I just say we ought to learn everything we can, uh, learn about what God is teaching us individually in this season. I believe that through the temporary trials, he wants to teach us some eternal truths, some eternal truths about how to love one another, about what it actually means to be the church, that the church isn't a place we gather, but it is a, in a body that, that, of which he is the head, that we are sent out on mission into this world to love our neighbor and to love God. And so I think God wants to teach us some eternal truths. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you, are you ready to learn? Are you going to be open for what God is teaching you in the midst of the season? What eternal truths is he going to teach you? I think some of you, your parenting style is never going to be the same because of this immersive opportunity to teach your children in your home and to walk alongside of them. Uh, I think uh, each one of us are going to uh, learn different things, but I think they're going to be eternal truths that will last um, longer than this season uh, will in our life. I think the second thing uh, that Jesus wants to meet us in is, is he wants us to embrace and embody the gospel. If you look into the text, verse 35 says that, that Jesus went into these towns and he was proclaiming the good news. I don't know about you, but like I have like this, this like almost like a, a, a nervous tick to check my phone, to check Twitter, and to check social media, and to read the news, and to turn on the news, and just be connected but it's, a, it's nervous because every time I go to it, I know what I'm going to get. Like it's going to be more bad news. It's going to go from 250 ga- people of gatherings and 25 or 50 and 10 and, and complete quarantine. I just, I'm just expecting. I don't know if you feel like that. You're, just a, you're not surprised by the next news article that comes out. And so my, in some ways, I'm, I'm expecting that, anticipating it. And I'm not saying that's the right thing. That's just the reality for what many of us are doing, but what I believe that where Jesus wants to meet us is he wants to get us back to the good news. Because if in this season we'll open ourselves up to what he's teaching us, because every single time we go to the word of God, every single time we connect with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, every single time we go to him in prayer, you know what? We're going to find good news. We're going to find good news. And so if you're weary because of the bad news, just keep going to the place where you can find the good news, because he has good news. And he wants us to not only embrace that for ourselves, but to embody it. Like I I need to embrace it for myself in this season on a daily basis. I need to wake up and hear Jesus proclaiming the good news to me that I have a hope and a future and I have salvation and and I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be lonely in this season. My cell phone still works. I can pick up and call somebody. I can call a brother and sister in Christ. I'm not alone in this season of distance. It doesn't mean disconnect. We can stay connected and we can uh, uh, weather this season together and God is with us. So he wants us to embrace the gospel the good news on a daily basis. For some of us, we need to embrace it on a moment-by-moment basis. But he wants us to embody the gospel as well. It is an opportunity to our families and to our coworkers and and, and to our neighbors to embody the gospel. That, man, we're not going to be depressed in this season as the people of God. We're not going to be shattered in this season because our local restaurant is is out of business or or shut down for a while or we can't go to the movies. We're not going to be depressed because our hope is not in the things of this world, but it's in Christ. And so we've got to embrace and embody the gospel because the world is looking for someone to lead and looking for people where hope is and where truth can be found. And I believe it's in the local church. I believe it's in you and, and I believe it's in me. And, and that's not my plan. That's God's plan. He, he looked to the church in Matthew chapter five and he said, you're the light of the world. 
You're the salt and light of the world, and we are called uh, to just preserve his truth and to carry forward the light of his gospel in these very dark times uh, that we're living in. So I believe in you to embrace and embody the gospel. And I think the third thing the text says that Jesus was going around, he was teaching in every town and village and in the synagogues, and, and he was proclaiming the good news. But the third thing it says is he was healing sickness and disease. I know some of you, uh, you're quarantined because you've been sick. You got the flu, and maybe it wasn't coronavirus. Maybe some of you watching this right now, you've got the coronavirus, and you're struggling, and you're just nervous uh, about your survival. And some of you, you haven't gotten it, but you're worried that it may be coming on. And, and I just want you to know, I believe our God is still a healer. I believe that He wants to meet us where we're at in our sickness and our disease, and that He's still in. Uh, th- there's no reason for me to believe that He's not. Uh, there was a, a season of my life, actually, it, it it's funny, it was the, the week that I met my wife, my mouth was completely uh, filled with sores. Uh, I don't know what took place. I think that I had an allergic reaction to uh, some water that I drank that was, had a high sulfur content. My mouth was com- completely filled with sores for three days. I couldn't talk. I was speechless. Uh, I really feel like that was the Lord's plan so that I wouldn't ruin it with my wife because I had met her that Sunday, and Monday the Lord closed my mouth. <laughs> and so for three days I couldn't talk, and I, and I was at a church service on a Wednesday night. I hadn't talked in three days, and uh, I went down to the altar to be prayed for. And, and oftentimes in situations like this, I, I, I wouldn't go forward. I would just pray that God would heal me where I was at. But this moment, I was desperate for God to heal me, and I found myself in a a church altar just saying, God, would you heal me? Um, And I kid you not that 15 15 minutes later, my mouth was completely filled of sores, or uh, clear of sores, and I was able to talk. The next night, I would spend two hours with my wife volunteering with her, and and something started in that point that's been lasting for a long time now. So I believe that God is still still healing people I believe he wants to heal us, whether that's a physical healing, whether maybe that's emotional, and you've just been lonely, and through the, just this, the context of this service, this online service, you're going to just believe God for healing that emotionally. Maybe it's some relationships. Maybe your marriage has been falling apart, and in this time that you're stuck in a house, God's going to help you work it out and just cling to his truth and, and set your face on him and, and watch God do a miracle uh, there. Maybe it's financially right now and things are just falling apart and I believe that God can, can do a miracle and he can sustain you if we'll, we'll trust in him. I don't know what it is, but God wants to meet us and he cares about our entire being. He wants you physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally whole. He, he wants his people whole so that we can be the light that we're called, called to be. Are you going to learn in this season? I just want you to know that God wants to meet you where you're at. Beyond those two things that I see in the text, I, I see this where Jesus comes in and he's, there's these crowds of people who are weary, who are helpless. And if we read back in the text a little bit, what we'll find is that Jesus had just been through a really tough time itself. He was walking through a valley, but he kept walking through. People were ridiculing, were criticizing him, were calling him all kinds of names and and, and maybe, I don't know if that's the situation you're going through, but that's the situation Jesus was. And Jesus chose to keep walking through that trial that he was going through because he had a mission at hand to fulfill. And the scripture says that he saw all these crowds. He saw these people who were helpless and weary, and he had compassion on them. I want you to know that Jesus has compassion on us. I've noticed over the past week or so, especially the past few days, whether it's social media or news, 
Everybody's shouting, hey, we're hurting over here. Can you send a stimulus bill? Hey, we're hurting over here. Will someone thank us for what we're doing over here? Everybody's shouting, hey, look at me, look at me. Uh, We're hurting over here, and and I'm not throwing shade at any of those people because they're real needs. But in a season where there's a lot of need, there's a crowd full of people who are hurting and looking for answers, whether anybody notices you, whether anybody sends money your way, whether, whether anybody, you know, meets your need in the season, I want you to know that Jesus has compassion on you. Actually, the Greek word that we find um, here, it's one that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. It's one of those. Uh, I can't even pronounce the thing. And, and most Greeks would not even have known this word because it was kind of like a Christianese word. It was like one of the first Christianese words that it's not even known in classical Greek. They didn't use this word. They believed that the evangelists came up with this word to describe the depth of Jesus's compassion for us. Like, that's pretty intense. We got to come up with a word to describe what's taking place and what Jesus is feeling. And it's the deepest word that the Greeks have for pity. And it means from the very depths of his being. I want to remind you that this text tells us that Jesus looks into the throngs of people hurting right now into your home. And you may feel, hey, what I'm, what I'm going through is nowhere near as bad as what somebody else is going through. But I think it's important that you know today that Jesus has compassion on you. That if anybody doesn't see you or, 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 or the stimulus bill doesn't help you or whatever it is, Jesus has compassion on you and he sees you and it's to the depths of his being and this is a picture of who our God is. Remember back to that Colossians 1. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And we wonder, God, where are you in this? Like, who are you? Have you forsaken us in a season like this? And Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Um, this passage in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 uh, says, uh, says this. It says, um, I'm f- having to go to it for just a second. 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1 verses 3 uh, through 7 talks about God's comfort and compassion to us. He says, praise be to God uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those, um, uh, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow from flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. I want to encourage you today that first, God wants to comfort you right where you're at. He wants to to let you know that you're not in this alone in the depth of Jesus's compassion. It sent him to the cross. Jesus was obedient to the cross and he felt the depth of desperation. I mean, one of the most troubling and difficult to understand text in the New Testament is when Jesus is, is hanging on the cross and he says, God, where, why have you forsaken me? Abba, Father, why have you forsaken me? But here we're reminded that Jesus, Jesus is, is comforted indeed and he wants to comfort you. That, that even though in those moments where we cry out and say, God, where are you in all this? Jesus himself felt that. And he was obedient to death on a cross that we might be comforted today, that he has compassion on us so much so that he gave his life 
on, on the cross, and, and he's moved to compassion. And that comfort that, that Jesus brings to us, that compassion that he brings to us, maybe it's through the anchor group that you're going to jump on in the next couple days. We've got online groups, and I want to encourage you to make a connection. Uh, maybe it's through that. Maybe it's through a phone call. I encourage you, after this is over today, after this online gathering's over, I encourage you to pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, FaceTime somebody, and, and maybe we didn't get to see FaceTime, and we're just chatting today uh, in, in this online experience, but maybe you just pick up the phone, you FaceTime, and just, come on, bring some compassion to one another, some comfort to one another, and then I encourage you from there to share it, to move on from there. You know, Jesus says that these people, they were, they were helpless, and they were weary, and, and, and part of it in this situation, in the text in Matthew chapter 9, was because frankly, they didn't have very good shepherds. Their, their scribes were just a bunch of Pharisees and they cared about the rules and they didn't love the people. And Jesus was, he was heartbroken by that. He was heartbroken by, by people who felt helpless and weary. He was moved by this. But I want you to know in this season, you're not sheep without a shepherd. If you need a church home and you're watching this, hey, you got a family here. We've organized care team people to be reaching out to all of our folks and just trying to make a connection on a daily basis. But hey, we're not perfect and we're doing our very best. And, and if you're hurting in this season, if you're alone, if you're, you're struggling financially and, and you don't have uh, the ability to put food on the table, we need you to raise your hand and say, hey, I'm hurting over here. Don't let pride keep you lonely and isolated and struggling in the season. You've got a church family. You've got a leadership and a pastoral team who wants to love you, wants to care for you. But we need to know, let us in to your life and don't be prideful. I, I believe that God wants us to stay connected in this season. That's a major way in which God comforts us. It's through our connection. And so if you're struggling for comfort, make a choice to make a connection. And even if you're not, I encourage you to make uh, an effort and make a, an intentional effort to be connected in this season because the enemy wants to keep us disconnected. And that's when we're most vulnerable to the enemy's attack. And so I just want to ask you, not only are you going to learn in this season, but are you going to be connected in this season because Jesus wants to comfort you through his body. Final thing, and I'm going to close with this. If the band can just go ahead and come up. I'm just kidding. They're not going to come up. They're not, they're not here. We're practicing social distancing, so sorry for the lame joke. But you're used to that. If you're, if you're used to hearing my preaching, you're used to lame jokes. And so those are going to continue. And so you can have that to look forward to. Uh, the final thing that we see in, in the text here, uh, I believe, is, is Jesus not only is moved with compassion by the hurt and the pain that he sees, you know, and, and by those that are helpless, and he's moved with compassion. We see that Jesus responds in a different way to the need that he sees as well. See, Jesus sees the need as an opportunity. Jesus sees the need as an opportunity. Not for him to just get, get glory, which he is worthy of all of the glory, and so that is a part of his mission, is to receive glory. But he sees an opportunity to meet a need. And that's an opportunity for him to step in and be a blessing. And he tells uh, the, the church at this time in Matthew chapter 9, and I think he says it to us today as we look out at a bunch of needs and we're like, man, I don't even know where to start. I mean, can you, we're trying to make sure the needs of our own family, our own church family are met. Can you imagine being a leader in our government right now and the CDC and trying to make the decisions and, 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 and Senate and all these places trying to make decisions about how to meet all these needs because they're great but Jesus sees the need as an opportunity, and he says, if you'll just look, if you'll just look up and see that there is a harvest at hand, this is what he says. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
And I'm asking, I'm asking you to lean in this season and know that Jesus longs for his church to move into action. Like to not pass by needs, to not pass, like we can't meet them all. None of us are here to, to be the savior. We don't have a God complex, but what we are here to do is to meet the need that's in front of us. Can't take everybody groceries, but the one person that you hear is hungry, you can pull something from your pantry and you can take it to them and drop it off. You know, you can't meet every need, but you can't call everybody who's hurting, but the one person that you think that's a cry for help on social media, you can reach out and say, hey, can I talk with you? Can I pray with you? Hey, we, we got to be there for each other. I believe this is a season in which we're all going to be changed in, in dramatic ways. I believe these temporary trials are going to produce some eternal glory, and they're going to teach us some eternal truths. And I think for some of us, it's spiritual gifts and it's practical gifts that we didn't know that God could use for his glory, and we're finding out right now that God can use that. So in this season, I, I, I pray that God would unleash creativity into your heart and he would help align the creativity of his plan for your life and he would line those up. Because I think church as we've ever known it is opening up and how the mission can go forward. I believe in this season, God is breaking up some of the old wineskin and is wanting to release new wine into new wineskins. I believe that's through online ministry, just expanding. I believe that's through all kinds of creative outlets that God wants to pour into the city and to meet needs and to bring hope and love into our cities. But we've got to be willing. Jesus says, ask, please ask that the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this harvest field. I'm reminded of John chapter 4. I've preached on it many times. It's one of my favorite texts. The, the Samaritan woman, she goes back and his disciples are like, Jesus, are you hungry? And he said, my food is to do the work of the Father who sent me and to complete, to finish his work. Church, we're not going to slow down on mission. I think it's an opportunity outside of what we have known as the church walls. It's for the church to be the church, for you to continue in your spiritual gifts, for some of you to tap into your spiritual gifts that God's placed inside of you to make a difference in this time, to look out. And, and Jesus says in John chapter four, he says, don't look at, don't you have like a saying, like look out, there's four more months and then the harvest. And some of us, we just want to like shelter in in this season. Like maybe it'll be two more weeks, maybe it'll be four more weeks and then we'll go out and, and then we'll be about the father's business. And I think Jesus is telling us, no, no, no. Like look at the fields now, they're ripe for harvest. Look at your neighborhood, your work environment. You can be a light in a dark place. You can use the gifts that God has placed inside of you. And I just want to ask you today, are you going to learn in this season? Are you going to be connected in this season? Or, or, and are you willing to be used in this season? I believe that God wants to use you in extraordinary ways. God can use people who are willing to just say yes. He's not looking for people with the most talent that's got it all figured out with the best theology. He's looking for people who will say yes. I'm going to be used and he wants to comfort you right where you're at today. He wants to teach you. I want to pray with you today. And then we're going to have some uh, response time and opportunity to, um, to take your next steps. And we'll, I'm just encouraging you uh, to step into an online group. We're opening up new opportunities. If you need prayer, there's an opportunity for live chat prayer right now where you're at. There's also an opportunity to text 904-770-3037. You can text that at any time, day or night. And our prayer team is going to begin to intercede. They're going to reach out and say, hey, you want us to pick up the phone and call you or just add it to our prayer list and we're going to pray for you. So 
we're in this together, church. Um, we're here for you. I want to pray for you in this season. Pray that we would learn all that God wants us to learn in this season, that we would receive his comfort and we would embody that comfort to others and that we would be a people that are still on mission. We're not going to look down just into the depths of our struggle. We're going to look into our city and know that there is people who are hopeless and don't have the hope of Jesus. If that's you and you're watching this, hey, there's hope available to you today. Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. Hey, it's as simple as as receiving a gift. The gift of salvation is about confessing that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior and receiving His grace. It's a free gift and then following Him with our whole life. It's just the joy of our life. It's not easy but it's the best journey that you'll ever take. It's the best decision you'll ever take in your life. Say yes to Jesus today. We want to help you take those next steps. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for technology that we're not, it's not, we're not in the same room, God. We can't hug each other's necks, but God, we're just, we're going to release some spiritual hugs and high fives today. We're going to FaceTime each other and, and just spread love and compassion to one another and comfort each other in this, this difficult time. God, would you help each one of us today? to learn what you want to teach us. We're all on a different journey in different stages of life with different problems and different fears and anxieties. God, would you meet us right where we're at in in whatever living room or driving down the road or bedroom we're sitting in right now. God, we trust you to meet us where we're at, God, and teach us what you want to teach us. God, we trust you right now to to lead and guide us, uh, to not just receive your comfort and to embrace the good news, but God, to carry that forward and to shine that light to others and bring that comfort to others. And God, would you help us to be a people, to be a church, to be Fathom Church that is not sitting on our hands in this season or waiting four more months and then the harvest. No, God, we are on mission today more than ever before. Our eyes are open and we're willing to respond and obey to what you've called us to. God, help us to be an obedient people, a comforted people, a people that are humble and learning and growing this season. God, and may your kingdom be advanced in this time. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Fathom Church, I love you. We can't wait to see you again next weekend. We're going to do this every weekend. We love you. Um, We'll talk to you soon.